Hello, am I live? It looks like we are. Hello and welcome. I am Man for the Mackham, and this is the Mackham Football Show. It's a short roster tonight. It's just myself and Paul Wilson from RWA. Welcome along, Paul. Good evening, everybody. Do you know what would have been really good for us, buddy? We had one person per goal. That would have been nice, and it has happened in the past. <laughs> but how are we doing? Robin Hood, welcome along, mate. Welcome along. So, first and foremost, there's a couple of things I'd really like to discuss. I think the first thing we should be talking about is that 5-0 win. And I think it will lead us into our transfer deadline day. Absolute madness that we had from <laughs> that back end of August. So, yes, 5-0. Uh, initial thoughts, Paul, what are you saying? Well, I say initial thoughts. You've literally slept five times since then, so. <laughs> Have to you reflected? Honest, there you go. I, to be honest, I did not even expect that. I wonder what the bookies would have had on the odds for a 5 0 Sunland win. Imagine, imagine if you put 4 0 on and you were like, ooh, I don't think we're getting a fifth. I got to cash out, got to cash out. And uh, <laughs> it just trickles in last second. The bookies must have hated that for, well, maybe two people across the UK. Um, how the, the Yorkshire, mate, jump on if you were around. He just said uh, the predictions for the uh, Ukraine game tomorrow. Oh, he's changed it. He went from 1-3 three to 3-0. Three I'm liking it. Uh, yeah, so we'll talk about the Sunderland 5-0 win. Nobody expected it. I'm... Pretty sure we dictated that from minute one. We didn't really do anything beyond um, slap them silly. <laughs> we we outclassed them. We shook them to their core, and they didn't have any any backbone to them in that game. I'm not too sure why that was um, why there was a case for Southampton because before the before that game they were in the playoff zone. They were looking comfortable and. They were unbeaten at that point, and to come to the stadium alight and to, if we're putting it honestly, it's a bit of a revenge from the last time we played them when we went um, when when we went down. I, I I don't know where that came from. Like there was no real indication that that kind of performance was on the cards anytime soon for Sunderland. And don't get me wrong, that was absolutely what we need <laughs> in this moment, and. It, do you think it was literally the best game we've had in the championship since our return? Yes. <laughs> best, best, best game I've actually witnessed at the Stadium of Light. Ever? As well. Ever? Well, that then, Everton, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> but Yeah, the best one in the championship I've actually witnessed in person. So, do you think it's a bit of a a one-off freak result, or do you think that's, that's something that we could consistently get this year? Mm, that, that is a good one to actually answer with. <laughs> um... <laughs> you, need, you need time to compose your answer. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. For, for me, I think... It's going to be unlikely that you're going to have five nils pretty much week in, week out. 
There's only one other team that does it, but it's too infrequent, and that's Stoke City. Stoke City had like 4-0, 5-1, 4-0, 6-0. It's like they could have some of these really freakish domination performance and then just have an absolute run of like seven, eight games of losing all the time. So if it's at the jeopardy of our season tailing off after it, the one-off freak... One off freak five nil win for me is okay and a good, a really good memory to have uh, for the, for the future. But I, I think we just got to celebrate it. We've got the added benefit of having an extra week off with the international break as well to uh, to bring in the new lads. I don't know how. I don't know how Tony Mowbray is going to manage it. It's it's a it's a good problem to have of how solid we were in that Southampton game that now we have to seriously consider how these new lads fit in because if we're able to perform that solidly against a team that is pretty much odds on for promotion, um, they've got the depth. Southampton have the depth in their squad, but um. Yeah, how are we going to match that against a team like QPR? That's that's what I'm wondering because you know, like I said to you before we started, and mm-hmm. um, you know, with the rest of the lads that that didn't play, uh, how are them actually going to get back into that squad after that? Um, you know, after that performance against uh, Southampton. Exactly, I think they're going to give them the run for the money. Uh, the 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 training sessions they're gonna absolutely have to outclass them, but um it is it, it is a nice like I said it is a nice problem to have um we've got a bit of a headache from Mowbray yeah and that's what he's that's what he's here to do I'm just glad at the end of the day like it the reward for how well we've performed so far this season has actually come to fruition and people are starting to take note of the threat that we can provide. Uploads, welcome along. Uh, Yorkshire says, I think we'll win 3-1 against QPR. We'll go into predictions um, in a bit about uh, QPR, but we're still. I just still want to revel a little bit in that um, Southampton win. It's just, uh, I'm still buzzing about it. Um, I, I, I just don't know where it came from. The, it's just the masterclass that... I can't put a fault on any of our players throughout that game. Like, can you pick anybody who had much area to improve on that game? I, like, I, I kind of. The only the only thing I can kind of come up, come up with is like Patterson with that shot that came in halfway halfway in this like ten minutes in the second half where he just parries it and he should have had a firmer grip on it. That's it. That's the only difference I can see from from today, like uh, from that day that could have been better handled. Other than that, I don't think we put a foot wrong. Mad? <laughs> can we have that every week, please? Uh, yeah, because it was even hard to even name a man in the match. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, because uh, Bowers and that kept saying to me after the game, uh, uh, "Who do you think is the man that matches for you, Paul?" And I was like. I was like, I, I don't know, but straight away, I, I actually said Barry Equa. Equa, yeah. Equa has the running of it because obviously he was controlling most of it in the centre of the park. I think that's a, that's a good shot. And 
he got two goals. I don't know if the first one counts as his or an own goal, but um, he had the shot outside the box and took the chance. Um, minute six, I think that was. And the, the, yeah, I think he controlled the game from that minute onwards. And every time the, the fans shouted shoot, he did. And uh, <laughs> it's like, you can't you can't complain if he skies it now because you've went shoot. <laughs> So he's just listening to what we what we um what we're saying. There's well, to be honest, Bowers actually made me laugh during the game because um <laughs> just before Perry Ekra actually scored. Yeah. Bowers actually shouted, Don't shoot. Oh he said don't um, shoot. Hey. Yeah, he did. And, uh, cool. <laughs> he he scored uh, I looked at Bowers. <laughs> he was completely shocked. Uh, to be fair, I think that was kind of our... Do you know in our first couple of games, we're at game five now, I think we can do like a, a mini review. We're about a sixteenth of the way through the season. With those first five games, I am more positive than I was at the start of the season that we have a good season ahead of us. Um, it does kind of help with the, the goal difference, the scoring goals with, with a clear and obvious gap in there. Um... But yeah, like, the first two games, our problem was we weren't shooting. We were waiting for the perfect chance to shoot. And then it, it was a little too little too late in those first two matches. But in the Southampton game, every time we had an opportunity to shoot, we did. We, re we rarely had the ball. Southampton dominated possession, but they'd done nothing with it, which, again, we could have done in the first two games. But possession football is not the way forward in this league, especially for, for us. We've got the threat, the speed, and the the talent, the literal agility to to, to run rings and spin on the ball, do round the worlds on the ball around their defenders. Like Rig coming on, Bennett coming on, they didn't need to change the game, but they changed the game and they added more pace to it. And I just thought, like, where's all of this energy come from? Because what was it like two days earlier? Everybody was a little bit like. I can't see us doing anything good this season now. So what what was the switch? What do you think the switch was for you, Paul? Like, what, do you think it was Ross Stewart getting sold? Danny Bath leaving? All of the rumours just being settled? Do you think that had a good positive impact on the on the, the team that went out? As well as I've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it, it it could have been um because I said to Bowers it it I think it could have been an attitude problem. With who? Because, so, like I said, we've got a couple of players that left us. I'm just going to pull up on the screen. The players that left us, Lyndon Gooch, I don't think he had an attitude problem. Elliot yeah, Embleton definitely didn't have an... I don't think it was them two. I actually think it could have been Stewart. I, I think it could have been Bath as well. So I, I brought it up as kind of a, a, a just a... It's called a feeling that I was getting that Bath and Ballard didn't like each other, and if Ballard's the younger, more preferred choice by Mowbray, one of them has to go if they didn't like each other. So there's no other reason I can see for why we wanted to get rid of Danny, Danny Bath. Like he was our player of the season, right? Like the the fans' player of the season. So yeah, well, maybe, maybe he was a bit negative. Apparently Danny Bath left for family reasons. Yeah, okay. 
Do you think it's mainly the Ross Stewart, not Bath Ballard relationships? Yeah, yeah, I think that. But what I liked about it as well, I'm not sure if you've seen, but um, at about, I think it was about half past 12. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah, something like that. Well, before kickoff, actually, Sunderland actually, um, the, uh, the three three new lads, not uh, Russian, but the other, the Russian, the three, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they actually got revealed actually on the pitch, yeah, at half time. That, that, well, to be fair, we're winning 3 0. I, I, I kind of think most people weren't really paying attention to it, to be honest. No, um, it wasn't actually at half time. So, Sunderland decided to bring them out before kickoff. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it? Uh, I, I just saw the I just saw the post, um, the post like match photographs on Twitter. Really, I didn't really see much of it because the coverage on Sky didn't really want to show the the pitch. They wanted to show you the build up and stuff like that. So, um, I'm surprised at that. But yeah, that they came out, um, actually walked around the pitch and stopped clapping the supporters. Didn't they do that last year? It, well, I say last year in the January transfer window with Equa, Lahadji, um, Diallo, Diallo, and somebody else. They did it with a couple of people. Um, yeah, last year as well. Uh, Mishu, Mishu was there. Was that last time uh, against Rotherham? That was it. That was it. So it seems to be like a, a go-to thing. This is the. This is what the <laughs> what the fans are about. Do you want to be a part of that? That's essentially what I think that that was. We kind of need to do that when we're when we're in a good position. Because if there's like a, a little bit of rumblings and frustration at half time or at the start of the game, then maybe the maybe they don't want to do something. So I I, I still want to I still want to harp on about who I think man in the match could go to because like I said there was just. Everybody on the pitch just played absolutely class. Clark was in for running, but that that Clark level of consistency is just still top tier every game. So um he's gonna be man in the match for every game. So let's let's spread it around a bit. Um Pierre Equa with the two shots, two goals, just absolute professional on the pitch. Like that was that was amazing. Um another good shout for me is potentially um, Luke on nine at the back. I know that's not an, an often one shouted about, but if you don't concede, for me, that's doing your job defensively. Like, I don't think the defensive line at Sirkin, um who's Sirkin? Ballard. Ballard, no nine, and who was it? Hume. Yeah, Hume. Yeah, so all of those people at the back just did their job, and I think that's unsung a little bit, but. They were just like nothing was like every time seven had the ball a lot, but every time they got in the final third, it just looked like it was just getting shut down. Like there was nothing coming into the box and nothing was going to provide a threat or that much of a threat for Patterson. So I'm, uh, I'm just pleased with everybody. And I think man in the match, I didn't Clark actually win it on the day. Yeah. He got lost. Guy, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but for me, oh, I'm, I'm actually just going to give it to Equa as well. It's um, it's an interesting one. Like I'd, I'd much rather. <laughs> it should just be like if you see, look, if you look at the EFL Championship Team of the Week, we had like five players in the Team of the Week. It's it's just 
that much of a masterclass from Sunderland. And obviously Mowbray got manager of the week as well. So, yeah, it, yeah, I'm just, just buzzing. And I think we, we should uh, enjoy, enjoy it for what it is. Um, yeah, we'll talk about transfers now. Cabby, welcome along. I welcome along. Last season we did new signs at halftime. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, maybe did last weekend. So uh, Yorkshire same. We did the same with the uh, with the walkout of the fans of the players to the fans. Transfers. Um. So, oh, Elliot, Equal man in the match all day for uploads. Perfect. So. We have a youth model in our recruitment now, right? Which is one probably is one of the reasons why Bath went, Ross Stewart went. Um, we've got two players on our record books that are above the age of 30. Can you name them? This is to you, Paul. Can you name our two players? Two players in our entire squad above the age of 30. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say one of them is Dak. No, he's 29. Also, I was close. <laughs> you were close with him. He's in his 20s. There's two players, just two. Nobody cheating <laughs> in the chat. If you get one of them, I'll give you the other one. Uh... <laughs> I'll just say a, sh a short Viking, and that might give you one. Who does who does Dak normally come off for? Oh, Pr Pritchard. <laughs> <laughs> so Pritchard is the second oldest at thirty years old, and their oldest player is Corey Evans at thirty-three. It's actually mad. We've literally got two other players that are above the age of 25, Luke Nine and Patrick Roberts. This Russian lad is our sixth oldest player at 24. That's actually insane. Like the majority of our first-team players, are, we've got four teenagers and everybody else is between the age of 22, uh, 20 and 23. That's... It makes us the youngest squad in the championship. Pritchard, Pritchard, Pritchard. Everybody's screaming it out now, mate. You need a, you need up your player knowledge. Um, but yeah, I think the the transfer deadlines or the transfer window as a whole is something I find really quite fascinating because, like I said, a little bit before, um, two days before the Southampton game, there was just like a doom and gloom atmosphere. If you looked on like, on YouTube at the thumbnails of like. Um, other content creators um it was like what the f what's going on with the club why is this wrong what what on earth is happening and then like on transfer deadline day we um i think it was four in four out right so out was gooch and embleton which was done really respectfully danny bath left to norwich city which was kind of a bit like you said it was family reasons and stuff like that but it was kind of it was kind of okay it was a bit of a um what do you call it? It's a bit of a PR piece that came out. And then Ross Stewart to Southampton. That, to me, was probably the most poorly managed transfer window, transfer contract we've ever had. Like that, It's just an absolute PR nightmare for Ross Stewart and his agent, whoever they are. We've had contract nonsense with Ross Stewart for months. And I'm kind of glad he's gone now, to be honest. None of that drama is there. 
there's yeah there's none of that sign him get him in like get get his contract extended if you think he's good bring it like that to me might have just brought down the morale of the, the entire the entire team so i'm kind of glad we've got big money for him for southampton and i think that result 5-0 against the team he's went to was a perfect the the, the perfect send off from us to him uh, this is what you're missing out on. You should have signed your contract, but he didn't. And that allowed the uh, doors to be open for the likes of Mason Burstow from Chelsea, Russian from uh, Zoroya Lahansk, if I can say that Ukrainian name. <laughs> uh, nice and easy. Um, uh, Timothy Pembele from PSG and uh, Adlin Auchi from Lorient. I think they're really good signings, are really good prospect signings to grow with us. And with the exception of Auchi and Pembele having very limited English, from what I can see, um, I I kind of I'm kind of rating how well we can potentially do with these. Three of them are strikers, or attacking forwards, should we say, and the other one's an extra option at the back, right? No, we've got four strikers. <laughs> so from liter from literally none to four, and, and we forget we because he hasn't really played any minutes in our first five games. But Mayenta is a striker, Mason is a striker. Like if we give these four players a like if they've got to compete with each other in the training sessions, there's options for more to choose from, game in game out which there was never any of that in there. Um, I, I, I'm I kind of like concerned that none of them are going to start because the way they, like the teams performed in these first five games, I can't say without any confidence or um, rationale, like why would Mowbray change away from that other than to switch it up? Like if it's to switch it up for six, switching it up sake, and yeah, bring, bring in one of the strikers, but the system we have in place now is working. What's your thoughts, Paul? What's your thoughts? Yeah, but do you not think like <laughs> if we you know, like we come up I don't know, but like say that like, we come up with a certain with a certain team and you know, Mobile is looking for a striker to play in that role. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, do you not think he'll toss I don't know, but like say Mason uh into that role once he's um maybe yeah you know, once he gets up to speed uh, to be fair i think mason's going to get thrown into the hat first out of the four of them to be to be brutally honest it's kind of um the logical choice for me he's come from chelsea and he wants to play he hasn't come in with any injuries he hasn't come in with any niggles he just wants to he wants to hit the hit the ground running whereas i think Mia was like that when he came in for the pre-seasons, but I think there's a little bit of confidence that needs to be built up with him. Maybe put two of them on. Put a, put a striking partnership up there. That'd be good. Uh, Upload says uh, Stuart is a snake. Uh, York's Maxim is in Corfu. <laughs> uh, having a cheeky little holiday. Um, Rosie's popped into the chat as well. Welcome along, Rosie. And uh, Uploads has now asked me for the QPR prediction. So we have been talking about these new lads coming in and how they could potentially change the game for us. What are you thinking QPR-wise? I know it's a, it's a while off, 
but um, like I said, Morbria has a lot of time in the training sessions to work out how these players work right and how they'll fit into his system. So, what's your prediction? And do you think there's going to be any changes to the starting lineup? So, Paul? Uh, well, since I'm actually going to this game. Yeah. You're the lucky charm. Um... <laughs> Hopefully, it actually works. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I'm actually going to go 2 1 Sunderland because I've got a feeling because uh, QPR has got a former Sunderland player in in Jack Colback. Oh, yeah, no, 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 that, that's a rat, mate. He's not a Sunderland player, not a former Sunderland player, he's a, he's a rat. <laughs> Um, but, you know what uh, former players of ours is like. like what, what, to, be, to be fair, mate, with with Jack Colback, didn't QPR have ex Jordy uh, Andy Carroll in their in their squad last year? Or was that Reading? It was Reading. Yeah, that was Reading. Uh, I've just made myself look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, former former Jordies. I, I think he's more of a former Jordy than he is a former Macam. Yeah, he came through our U Franks, but he, he's always said he was a Jordy. And he left us for them, so yeah. He's a Geordie, mate. He's not. A, he's not a Macam. I don't care. He's a Macam. He's a, he's not a Macam. He's a Geordie now, mate. So, call back. I think we can. Uh, we. I would. Lo- oh, mate. I don't know why, but could you imagine? Callback on the floor with Luke 9 stood over him exactly like mirroring <laughs> Lee Catherwall. We need some, some other moment where we just like have him on the floor crying like a little little um female dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that and then somebody Photoshop callback on the floor with Catamol and or nine just staring down on like you idiot. That'd be class. Um it uh so I think there'll be changes. I think Mobile might make one change and bring Patrick Roberts back. If he's available, that is. That is a good point. I, do you know, I actually rate how well Barr played for us in that Southampton game. I think he's earned his, his spot in the first team squad. Yeah, Roberts is like more experienced and um, a more logical choice, but I think Barr's earned his spot now <laughs> do you think yeah I think he has but uh, but you think if he yeah. is, if Robert is fit Bar's dropping out yeah I think Bar will be probably I, I think he'll be on the bench yeah okay so I'm gonna uh, prediction wise uh, Rosie says Sunderland 4-0 uh, I <sighs> After saying I was Southampton were going to beat Sunderland two 0 before the game, which I was happily wrong about, um, I'm actually going to back Sunderland away from home now because I think the confidence factor is there again. So maybe I want to go three, three nil, a three nil. Saying that, I would take a cheeky one nil, but like three clean sheets for me is more important. So if it happens to be a nil nil, fine, but. Um, Macam Cabby in the in the chat saying two 0 QPR. No, 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 not having it, mate. Not having it. That means we're gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 
he's either like doom and gloom and it's right and or wrong and then otherwise it's like it's a flip well, of a well, flip of a coin and it uh, Ainsworth is like so yeah that's a good point. Gareth Ainsworth, um, as a manager, has had a very poor record coming up against Sunderland. I don't think he knows how to deal with our fan base in any of his clubs that he's played against us at. So maybe maybe there's a little bit of that. Doesn't really um doesn't really bode well for him. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um Non Ainsworth, he, he plays with the watched our previous games. Yeah, he plays with a centre scout uh, to watch our previous games, or himself might have came up. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, just to revert back, old ending. Welcome along, buddy. Um. Hello. He says he thought Paddy was a teacher's pet, so um, he'd imagine that he would instantly take the place of. Abdullah Bar, if he is back fit, so that does make sense. Mister Roberts should uh, should slot straight back into the team if he's fully fit. If he's not fully fit, I think there's a good little excuse for Mowbray to say we'll we'll keep Bar on. But if you if you're feeling more more ready for it, we'll bring you off the bench in the seventieth minute or something like that to to change the uh, to change the mood of the game if required. Um, yeah. Like three one Sunderland from Jacob uploads is saying two nil to Sunderland, and uh, they turned Berra over. Yeah, but Berra right now they've scored three goals in eleven minus eight one point in five games. Berra are the easiest team right now to uh <laughs> to beat. Uh, QPR. If you look, uh, sorry, I've just got um on the visuals. You've got the Q the the table here, and QPR are massively. Massively below par, um, but oh, they did win the last game. I don't know. I think we're, they're there for the taking, ultimately. What do you reckon? Yeah. yeah, and I, yes. Sorry. yeah I think so. The thing is, Bowers actually asked me the other day. Yeah. When we come to be, uh, play Middlesbrough, do you actually think Michael Carrick will still be there? I'm surprised he's still there now. So... Uh, Makamula, welcome along, <laughs> and re re uh, reiterating everybody's turning Borough over. I actually think if a manager loses five games on the bounce, they're not good enough. They've not got the backing. Yeah, this, the squad might not be there, but five games on the bounce, their career at that institution should be up for review. The fact that he's still there and they've got two weeks off... If he comes back after the, the, so the perfect he has had the perfect excuse right now, right, uh, Mister Carrick. <laughs> he's um, it, the they they use too much energy. They've lost Akpom. They're not really sure how their new squad fits and where they get they're going to get the goals from. We get that. That's a really good excuse, but you can only use excuses for so long. And the twelve is it 12 days between the two games or is it 13 the 13 days between their two games and gives them the perfect opportunity to refine what they need to do to, to find out the best way and if they don't win their next match i think he could be gone because he's he's had every excuse every reasonable excuse to fix things up so um to answer your question paul no if he loses his next game i, I can't see him surviving i can't see him surviving beyond the end of september yeah, that, that's that's why I actually said to Bowers actually. 
it it just makes it just makes sense to me like uh, we were or the were sorry i say we not not me and you but on the sunderland twitter bubble should we say when we lost our first two opening games that was essentially four losses in a row um or four games without a win in the rush i say and the next game people were saying if he doesn't win it we need to get rid of him and like i said i understand that mentality but it's not four league games it's not five league games five league games is completely different to a friendly and a cup game that nobody cares about the league games is what matters and he's not performing for them if you're underperforming especially in a high a high um what do you call it a high salary performance based sport you need you need you need to go you need to go <laughs> facts <laughs> um oh akpom and archer for um so Macamula says, so how much better shows how much better a missing Archer and Akpom? We could have been the same if we if we're being like brutally honest about it. If we were that desperate for Ross Stewart to come back and be fit to provide us the goals, we could have lost. We well, have lost him in this this window, but we could have been desperate for them. The fact that we've rejigged our model to be more midfield focused and creative on the wings just proves how much quality is in our youth model so yeah uh, remember the chant i don't upload and if it's not safe please don't type it <laughs> uh, um yeah a third clean sheet for me would be ideal so i'm gonna say free null on that one um and alt thank you for putting in some xg QPR have the third lowest XG and Sunland have the second lowest XG against. So they're predicting a clean sheet incoming. Which means we'll get beat. <laughs> so so Alt's on the same wavelength as Cabby there. On paper, if, if football was played on paper, I think we'd pretty much slap everybody now, which is ridiculous considering how young our squad is. But on paper, that five goals in one game helps a lot. Mm. I don't know. QPR, QPR are there for the taking. If we don't, you're just a spot. <laughs> um, I remember that, John. Yeah. <laughs> the um, I, I used to sing that all the time uh, when uh, every time I went to a away game, actually, with Sean. Yeah. We used to drive past Middlesbrough and uh, we actually opened the window. <laughs> yeah, I'm just actually starts out. I'm just going to quickly open up our fixtures, right? Because I know a couple of them have jiggled around since um, since the start of September for like Sky Sports coverage. So I'm just going to open up the fixtures. And can you tell me of any of these games? Are you absolutely terrified by any of these squads? The answer to me is pretty much no. I think the only team I think would we'd struggle against in this league right now is actually Leicester. Anybody else I think we should be pretty much beating. Uh where is it? Fixtures. That's that 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 would be that would be the one. So this month we have QPR away, 
Then in the midweek, Blackburn away. Then the following Sunday, Cardiff City at home. And then the following Friday, Sheffield Wednesday away on Sky. So I think we've got two games on Sky this month. The uh, the, the Sunderland-Cardiff game and the Sheffield Wednesday game. Well, I say three now because we've already had the Southampton one. <laughs> so, any of those teams scaring you? No. Uh, what, 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 QPR are what, 17th? Blackburn Rovers or where? 13th. Cardiff City. I can't even see them on this bloody list. Are Cardiff City just above Swansea? Sheffield Wednesday. I can't even... Is Cardiff City higher up than I think they are? Sheffield Wednesday 23rd. Yeah, that, that one I think we should absolutely piss, to be honest. We might concede a, a cheeky one goal, but as long as we score more than them, we'll be fine. Are Cardiff City the only team that we're playing this month that are in the top half of the table? Mm. I'm just laughing at the direct message I've just got from Bowers. Go on, what was that? Can you share? Uh, <laughs> it was actually when... Um... Southampton actually announced to Ross Stewart. Uh, and Southampton put, yeah, worth the wait. And Bowers just put to me there, worth the wait for Sunderland nil. <laughs> Sunderland won Ross Stewart own goal in March. <laughs> I mean, uh, quarter of 19th. There you go, yeah. yeah. Thank you, thank you uh, Muller. Every every team that we're playing against, mate, are in the bottom half of the table. I know it's only five five games in, but we shouldn't be we shouldn't be fretting against any of them. In yeah, you sound like Brian's gun now. Who's that? I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Old, sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty chuffed. I think we've got a good September ahead of us. It's our next game I'm kinda nervous about is the Watford one, then the Leicester one. But yeah. It's it's all because the Watford game's been moved to the Wednesday. Goodbye. Have a good night uploads. Yeah, I and I don't mind that, mate. Like uh, if we're on TV, now I, I that makes my um my watch along streams that a little bit easier. So I don't mind it now. Last year I hated it because it was a nightmare, but um now it's all web based. It's it's a lot better. So yeah, I'm 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 chuffed. How do you want to um surmise this past week and a half? Is it yeah, past week and a half in a couple of sentences, Paul. I'm actually pleased the way the actual window went there, like, because, um, you know, there was actually a couple of bits. Um, Nick Barnes actually did question um, Christian Speakman on, which was, um, you know, about the reports that came out last mm. season that the club was looking at a um, another head coach to replace Tony Mowbray. Oh. Yes, I don't like. I said, if he continued his losing streak, I think that would have been a justified thing for them to proactively look at. 
No, I think it's just a yeah, list. Man. I think it's a list on uh, a on a on a spreadsheet. Really, um, they, those might Speakman, change. Speakman actually told, well, Nick Nick Bonds asked, um, about the the tweet that went out. Mm-hmm. Um, Speakman said, um, we won't uh, deny it uh, if we're looking for a new head coach. Uh, they won't even say anything about Tony Mowbray's future. Okay. Uh, the only way we'll find out if he's gone is, uh, you know, if the club comes out and says, oh, you know, like, like, you know, he's gone. That's the only way mm-hmm. we'll find out what's happening. Yeah, I, th- I think we, I think we should be respectful and wait for those official posts and released. Releases from the likes of Speakman, from the the media team, from tweets, and from the like the news part of the website. I, I I I'm on board with that. What what I really think the club needs to do is be a bit more clear because we could have had a much more positive outlook at that transfer window when we're going into the final day if the club just said we're looking at if we this is our intentions, this is the gaps we're looking to fulfil in this window. The window once once the window's closed, then evaluate us. That kind of like just simmer down, like put the lid back on top of the boiling on the on top of the boiling pan. It just it felt like they were just allowing people to boil, I guess. And it was uh yeah, it just felt like a, a weird scrappy last forty eight hours of that window that could have been completely avoided. Loads of people would just, I think very short fuse that they hadn't seen any progress so to yorkshire's point christian speaker seemed honest in his recent interview yes i agree he looked like he was honest but he looked like he was holding a lot of things back as well and yeah communication from the club and the directors to the fan base should be a more regular public thing i think that would be um yeah because what i liked about his speakers came out and said that well, he he told Nick Barnes that nobody at the mm-hmm. club actually wanted um, Ross Stewart to actually go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, there's want and need, I guess. The, the wanting him to go is, if he didn't want him to go, that's that's absolutely fine. But if he needed to go to do the best thing for the club which I think it will be, to be honest. Ross Stewart now leaving the club is, it appears, like, after game one, the right thing for the club, I, if we're being honest. <laughs> I know it's not ideal. He is a quality player when he's fully fit and match ready, and he, he just he, he's a solid man to come up against, so we could have definitely benefited from his services again. But he's gone now. We can't really, we can't really dwell on him. Um, it would have been nice to keep him along. Um, welcome along, Acacia. Sorry, you said this earlier, and it made me think of this Twitter account. So, speaking of Twitter accounts, um, I've refreshed mine, and I won't. I uh, what is it? I'm just showing it. It is at Anthem Mackham, and pretty much all of my posts, uh, whenever a Jody comments on my screen, on my on my channel, I'll just respond to them with whatever stupid insult they try to, um back on it so it's quite funny if you want to <laughs> if you want to just laugh at some geordies that are reaching out to some content creators uh, feel free to follow me on that um yes how do i wrap up 
what's happened in the last week and a half, mate, in, in a couple of sentences, because I, I can ramble for a very long time about it. Um, it was a bit of a minefield, but through it, um, we've got we've got through the finish line, and it looks like it's all sunshine and rainbows going forward, and long may that feeling continue. The minefield side of it, I don't want to go through that again. We will go through it again because it's just the nature of football. But let's just enjoy the uh, the big open fields and positivity for the next coming week and a bit. I appreciate it, all. Appreciate it. Legend. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I I'm absolutely buzzing. I'm I'm loving I'm loving the the positive vibes that the club's giving out now, um, and I, I, yeah, I think it's it's just when you get emotional about an individual game or an individual poorly performing at a game, by all means sound it off, but just put a little bit of thought behind it. Like, what does this actually achieve? So. The more people that are negative, the more people, the more likely you're likely to become negative. So just stay positive, enjoy the football, keep the faith, and well, that's. <laughs> oh, oh, and, oh, um, oh, well, that's. I've got. Do you know our phrase from last season? My little chant: "At least we're not Wigan." Oh yeah. I think we need to change to that too. At least we're not Borough. <laughs> At least we're not Borough. <laughs> At least we're not Borough. At least we're not Borough. <laughs> And on that note, thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. I'll catch you on the England watch along. Are you coming along for the England watch along? Are you doing something else for that? Uh, I'm not sure. Actually, I'll, I'll be out somewhere, but uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be catching up on before. Fair enough. I'll be doing. I'll be doing a watch along tomorrow, five o'clock, for the England watch along game. So catch you on the channel. Bit bit away from Sunland. Um, see how that goes. Catch you in a bit. Bye. Bye. Ha, ha, ha.